Okay, let me tell you a little bit what's going to happen in the next three weeks, counting today. We're going to spend today and next week on a subject um, that has to do with repentance. Uh, because what I want to do is I want to do a, uh, a message on repentance uh, as we prepare for the parables. I want us to get into a study on the parables of Jesus. Uh, everyone loves parables because parables are stories, and everyone loves a good story. Um, but uh, that's the next two weeks. The third week is a, which would be the Sunday, November the 17th. That is our special call business meeting. We'll be voting on our student pastor, uh, Nick Apperson. Um, you'll have a lot of information. You'll be hearing between now and then um, on that day. And then as soon as we are through, we will go over to the fellowship hall because that is our deacon family luncheon. And all the deacons and all everyone here in our church, obviously, uh, you're a part of that family group. Uh, we will just go next door. And it's just going to be a, a really good Sunday. But for now, what I'd like for us to do is, uh, if you will, take out your bulletin. We're going to skip all around the Bible today. But I want us to talk about a subject that you never hear anything spoken on um, anymore it seems like no matter where you go to church and yet it is the most important area of the gospel that we have um, in our bibles and it is this area called repentance you never really ever hear anything on this subject that we call repentance and that's sad because without repentance there is no salvation and repentance is a, it's a term today that has been completely and totally forgotten. It's the, the emphasis is never on that word repent. But when we open our Bibles, the Bible from beginning to the end is full of the, uh, of the power and the importance of what it means to repent. So I want us to take a look at that word repentance. Now, in our culture today, uh, there is little room for genuine repentance. Uh, simply put, uh, we live in a day and age in which the, the need for repenting is just something that seems outdated. In fact, just the opposite seems to be the norm, especially on social media. Uh, when someone is caught in a position of being wrong, and there's no question about it, it seems like today the, the, uh, the norm is to find a way to justify a position of being in the wrong, to redefine um, the action, whatever it may be, not to come to grips with an open acknowledgement of I was wrong, I am going to change everything about what I have done. It's none of that. It is always embracing um, the, the, no, uh, the motion of trying to get out of it by putting a spin on it. Um, it, it. It's a weird day today, too, when a lot of people just want recognition, and it can be bad recognition, but as long as it's recognition, then that's what they're going after. Uh, gone are the days where uh, everyone is striving for that image of something that is good and righteous and noble and, and, and worthy. Uh, we live in a, 
in a really strange time. Uh, repentance may be old-fashioned, but as long um, or uh, repentance may be old-fashioned, but it is not outdated as long as there is sin. Amen. Amen. Uh, acceptable or unacceptable behavior um, is irrelevant. Take these excuses you've heard or might have used yourself uh, in times past. How about the, the, uh, the, the saying or, or the word, no, officer, I, I had no idea I was going that fast? Or how about this one if you're in school? Oh, it was due today? I was told it wasn't due until Friday. Um, well, I'm not going to take it back. I mean, if she wouldn't nag me so much, I wouldn't have said what I did. Or how about the most famous one of all? The most famous excuse given ever. But Lord, the woman you gave me, she tempted me. Repentance. Repentance is that missing ingredient of the greatest thing ever baked up that we find in the gospel. And it's just gone today. It's not a part of our fabric. Every single day of our lives, we are faced with situations that forces us to make decisions. And our response to those decisions uh, tells those around us what we believe and the kind of person that we are. Now, did you realize that the moment when you became a Christian, you immediately declared your position on what you think about God? Now, I'm talking to those who are really, truly born again. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you immediately acknowledged that you do not want to be in charge of your life anymore. You are now living by a different set of standards that we find written in God's Word right here, and we agree with God on what those standards are. Jesus made it abundantly clear to repent. What is this word, repent? It is way more than just believing a list of facts of information. Repentance is a complete and total lifestyle change. Repentance is that one thing that acknowledges that your profession, your belief, your faith in Jesus is going to be seen now by the way in which you live your life. Right, uh, right before the Messiah, right before Jesus came onto the scene, we read a lot about this figure by the name of John the Baptist. And he was called John the Baptizer because John's revelation, John's message, John was the forerunner, John the Baptist, John was the forerunner of the Messiah. And he preached a gospel of repentance his whole message was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John's purpose, when he came onto the scene, when John was born, he was commissioned to prepare the hearts of all the people of this need to repent. And this need was so important that when Jesus came on the scene, 
Jesus followed right in tune with this, this mindset, this philosophy, this action of a need to repent. John the Baptist was the one who said, uh, the one coming after me is going to baptize not with water. He's going to baptize with fire. But you have to repent. The Pharisees were going to John the Baptist trying to inquire who he was. Is he a prophet? Is he just a crazy person that's out in the wilderness with thousands of people coming to him, wanting to hear him and be baptized by him? And they wanted to understand, what is this thing called repentance? And John told them. And John told them that by repenting, you can have your sins forgiven. Where there is no repentance, there is no forgiveness of sin. Now, that is important because coming to know Jesus is much more than coming down, signing your name on a card, and then putting it in an offering plate of, I, uh, I just pray to Jesus and I just ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. Repentance is more than just saying a prayer. People of every religion pray. It's repentance. It's repentance. You know, and I know you know this, but you know that salvation is a process. You do know that. Salvation is a process. It is something that is, that's changing within us every single day. You're either going forward being more like Jesus, or you are going backwards and you are forgetting the image of the one that you professed to follow once you first gave your life to Jesus. It is not an event that you just did one day. That's not salvation. It's not salvation. So today and next week, we're going to look at the many different areas involved in this thing called repentance. It's kind of a big, uh, it's kind of a big deal. Um, discovering the true biblical meaning of repentance will change you. I want to make certain that none of us here have bought into the counterfeit of what repentance is. So, what is repentance defined as we see it in the, in the Scriptures? Uh, Nelson's Bible Knowledge Dictionary, you'll see this up on the screen. This is how uh, Nelson describes repentance. Repentance is a turning away from sin. It's a turning away from disobedience or rebellion. And it's a turning of oneself back to God. You know what true repentance is? True repentance is this thing that we call godly sorrow. It's godly sorrow for sin. It's an act of turning around. And now you're going to go in the complete opposite direction. If you want a visual, here's the visual. You're living your life. You don't know who God is. You've never experienced salvation before. But you're curious and you want, well, what does all this stuff mean? You hear the gospel. Jesus came and he died for you. He took this, your sins onto himself and he died with those sins on that cross. 
And the one thing he asks of us is to not just believe in him, but to demonstrate that belief as seen uh, by the evidence of a changed lifestyle that you now have because now that you're going to follow him, you're going to cease and resist the things that you're doing that has caused you to be a sinner. Repentance is you're going, you're living your life this way, you find Jesus, and you do a one. 80 and you go back you are no longer living for yourself you're not doing what you want to do whenever you want to do it however you want to do it regardless of what anyone else thinks i want to do what god says i want to do what jesus has told me to do and i am going to follow him repenting simply means I'm going to stop doing the things that God says no to. And I'm going to do it because God said it, and that's enough for me. You know, the New Dictionary of Theology describes repentance as this. You'll see this too. It's a moral act involving the turning of the whole person in spirit, mind, and will to consent and subjection to the will of God. It is, in a very real sense, it's a moral gift. It's, it's a gift of grace. It's a gift of grace. Now, that word repent, that word is a translation of a Greek word, metano, which means to have another mind. It means to change the mind. You're going to change your mind. It's like there's, there's been surgery on you and there is a new you inside. It's a changed mind. Um, if that's too deep, I've heard a phrase like this and it's really, it's really pretty simple. Try this simplified version. Repentance is to change your mind which changes your behavior, thereby causing a change in your life. That is repentance. Repentance is to change your mind, which changes your behavior, thereby causing a change in your life. In other words, we will stop living for ourselves and what we want, how we want it, and we're going to start living for Him. That is repentance. That is repentance. See, that's the difference, y'all, between real genuine salvation and counterfeit salvation that a lot of people have. They go to church, they think they're good enough. They've been baptized, they think they're good enough. They tithe, they think they're good enough. Or probably uh, the biggest one that there is. Oh, I've prayed to Jesus, so I'm good. You know what the saddest thing is? You can pray to Jesus and not go to heaven. That is a scary, scary thought. You would think, that is insane. Well, we're going to look at that at the end of this message. Repentance. Changing your will. Changing your mind. Changing which affects your behavior. And then it changes your life. You're putting substance behind what you say that you believe in. How many of y'all, by show of hands in this room, you know of people, you know of someone 
that professes to be a Christian, but their life and the way they live it is 100% opposite than the way in which a person is supposed to live. We all do. Everyone does. I believe that the missing ingredient in this thing is this thing that we're looking at today. It's repentance. It's repentance. Romans 3.23, a very popular verse in our Bible, uh, states it very plainly. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what the good news is on that? Every single person here has. Everyone from Marilyn Manson to Billy Graham. Everyone in between. Everyone. For all have sinned and fallen short. And since our behavior is sinful, our lives are sinful, for we are sinful people. All have sinned. That was the reason why God sent His Son. By paying, by paying the debt that we could not pay to God, which is our sin, by doing what we could not do for ourselves, offering a blameless life to God, which is what Jesus did, Jesus' death and His resurrection on our behalf allows everyone the opportunity to now have this real, genuine relationship with God. Once a person places their trust in what Jesus did for them, that's called faith, and turns their life over to God, as is demonstrated through repentance, we clearly portray a changed life. Faith and, and repentance go hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. It is literally impossible to have one without the other. Did you know that? You can't do it. You've often heard the expression, there's two sides of every coin. Well, salvation involves faith and it involves repentance. They are, the, they are two aspects of the same side of the coin. You must have faith and you must have repentance. A saving faith implies and includes that change of mind, which we call repentance. You have heard of the expression, two sides of every coin. I want you to remember that because I want you to keep in mind the importance that God places on repentance. You may be here today and you're a true, genuine Christian, but you're living your life in a way right now that is dishonoring the Lord. You have an opportunity to repent. You know what repent means? Repent means, well, I know I need to change this, but that's not repentance. Repentance is acknowledging and is agreeing with God what God thinks on certain things, and therefore you're going to go and do what you know He is asking you to do. Why? So that you can be in a right relationship with Him. So that you can live your life and know that God is not only with you, He is blessing you. For He will not bless one who is disobedient. He will not do it. If I inquire iniquity in my heart, the Bible says, the Lord will not hear me. That's pretty important. In Luke 24, 46-47, it says this. 
The Messiah will suffer. This is Jesus talking. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his names to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. See, it involves repentance. Do you remember the day when you repented of your sins? You know, there's a lot of times I'll talk to someone and they will emphasize when I was little, when I was younger, when I was this age or that age. I said a prayer, but I don't know if anything happened. And now that I've gotten older and I've realized more and stuff is making more sense, I don't know, I'm just confused. What do you think I should do? And I, every single time, every single time, I always say, I think we should pray one more time. I think you have grown and matured in your faith, and now you acknowledged, uh, you acknowledge what is really needed. It's a commitment with Jesus. It's not just something we, you know, I, I believe in God, and I'm a good person, I'm going to go to heaven. Uh, that's, that's not the way it happens. It is a commitment to Jesus and who he is and what he did. And on your part and on my part, we repent. When we repent, you know what we're saying? I'm not the way. I, I don't have what is needed on my own. I got to stop doing what I'm doing. I need to start listening to you and following you. That's repentance. Remember the need for repentance is to change the way we live our lives and is to redirect our lives you know our salvation begins by our faith in who jesus is and what we and what jesus did for us when we repent of sins and we follow christ and we begin to follow him uh, thereby following god as well um, repentance is seen as that aspect that concludes that belief that we professed uh, to have in him see god is now in the driver's seat and you're in the passenger seat and this thing of repentance it just concludes your statement of faith that you made when you said jesus i am a sinner i believe in who you are and i am committing my life to following you when you commit to following him, you're committing to following him in all that he is and all that he says. And that means we need to repent. Now, what repentance isn't? People all around the world regard America as a Christian nation. In fact, once upon a time, when the surveys were all taken, most Americans would identify as being a Christian are most Americans Christian? No. I think the reason why uh, so many are so misled is because of the lack of, of emphasis that is placed on this thing called repentance. It was God that set up uh, John the Baptist and commissioned him to preach a gospel of repentance before Jesus came on the scene. Repentance is a pretty big deal with God. And in America, we want to be able to say a little prayer and do whatever it is we're supposed to do, but we'll just leave repentance out of it. And that's not the way the Bible uh, shows what a relationship with God uh, requires. Remember, anyone can call themselves a Christian. Anyone. Um, say a guy attempted to convince others that he was Superman, 
and he could leap tall buildings, building to building. He could boast of that claim all day long, but I wouldn't recommend that he go out and prove it. He might be a little delirious, a little crazy in the head, but he's not Superman. But he may think he is, but he's not. But he's not. Saying you're something is one thing. Backing it up is another. And the life or the mark of a true believer is someone that you're going to see that is willing to repent. When confronted with something wrong, either by God or maybe it's a stronger brother of the faith over something that they're doing, they'll repent because they have that heart that wants to follow and please the Lord. And now, a person demonstrating genuine repentance after making a profession of faith in Jesus is what backs up the truth of what they declare to be. In James 1, 22-24, the Bible says, But prove yourselves to be hearers of the word, and not merely... Uh, or do, but prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person that he is. But the one who obeys the law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Repentance makes you a doer of the word because you are aligning yourself up with who God is. And you're aligning yourself with what God wants from us, how we live, how we think, and all those things. The change of mind and heart in a person's life can be reflected in the type of fruit that the Bible says our lives produce. And the Bible uses many illustrations that portrays believers uh, in light of tree-bearing fruit. If you, if you want to know what an apple tree is like, look at its fruit. If you want to know what a fig tree looks like, look at its fruit. If you want to know what a Christian looks like, look at their fruit. Look at their fruit. Looking at a person's life, examining what they do, how they talk, how they live, etc., says much about their belief system. To say you believe in Jesus only is an incomplete picture. It has to be accompanied by repentance. Keep this in mind, too. You know this. Satan believes in Jesus, but he's not going to glory. His demons believe in Jesus, but they're not going up. It is repentance. It is repentance. Now, false repentance says, Lord, I'm really sorry. But in the midst of saying, I'm sorry, it carries the impression, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry that I got caught. Now, you may not use those words, I got caught, but that is how many people feel. It doesn't sound like repentance to me, not at all. Or how about this? How about this one? God, I really regret that sin. 
but they keep doing it. Feeling sorry for your sin and continually doing it is not repentance. It's not repentance. Um, I think it's a confession of guilt or embarrassment. They have no intention of quitting their deeds. They're just sorry that they got caught. And their motivation is not a confession, but rather an attempt to appease God so that maybe He'll just leave them alone. Let's look at it this way. Someone may well say that they have regret over something that they have done. Well, to have regret and to do nothing about it does not reflect repentance. For many people will tell God they are sorry for something that they have done, but telling God you're sorry with no desire, no attempt to stopping is never going to be repentance, or this thing we call godly sorrow. But a person who demonstrates genuine repentance will make the appropriate changes and turn back to God. Sometimes it doesn't take but just one time of a wake-up call. Sometimes it takes a number of times, but the wake-up call comes through. But whatever, repentance is that attempt. It is that desire. It is that thing that moves you to say, I need to stop this. Why? Because this act or this thing or what I'm doing or what I'm thinking or whatever, it is against God based on what I know, what he says in his word. And my goal is I just want to please God. And if pleasing God means I need to stop this, and guess what? I'm going to stop this because the Lord knows what you need. He knows what what you crave he knows you and god's desire is for you to know him and in trusting him with these things in life that we know are deal breakers of of things that will kill our our lives spiritually speaking by not doing them is your it's it's your way of showing the lord i'd rather do this my humanness my flesh wants to do this but you don't want me to, so guess what? I'm going to follow you. It's an act of trust. Listen, there are times when Dee and I, we've, we've had to say no to our children. Jaden's about 100% of the time, and Cammie's been like 1% of the time. But the point is, there's been times we have to say no, and our no is never intended to rob them of something fun. It is never to hurt them. You're, if, if you're a parent, you know every single thing what I'm saying right now. It is not about hurting. It is about helping. It is about, we are looking at the big picture. But when you're the one caught in an act where you should not be, you're not looking at the big picture. You should look at the big picture. Because God is looking at your big picture. And what God is just saying to us sometimes, sometimes when his answer is no, it's not because he's angry with you. It's not because he wants to rob you. It's because he loves you and he wants to save you. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. He knows what is going on and he knows where you need to be. You know, in Acts 26, 20, 
Uh, I'll let you look that up. That is a really good uh, passage or scripture. Let me just go ahead and read it. It's just too good. Acts 26.20. The Bible says, um, but keep, uh, consequently, this is Paul. Consequently, King Agrippa, this is Paul talking, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. Here's the verse. But kept declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem and then throughout all the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. To repent is to agree with God and I'm going to follow him. That's all that is. That's all that is. How do we keep repentance real? Here's a thought that may catch you by surprise. I said this earlier. Even praying to Jesus doesn't mean that you're a believer in Jesus. And I know that sounds crazy. People of every religion pray. Every religion pray. So what makes the difference? I believe that a contributing factor that leads many people to this false sense of salvation lies in the belief that the only thing needed is to say the prayer. Say the prayer. Anyone could say a prayer. Anyone could say it. Committing one's life to Jesus is more than just saying the prayer. Now, saying the prayer is the way you start. You start by talking to the Lord. You agree with Him. And so you confess who you are, confess who He is, and declare, I am following you. That is the start. But that's not the beginning and the end. Committing one's life to Christ is more than just saying the prayer. It's following up your belief in Him by not only turning your life over to Him, but turning your life around, around and repenting. Genuine repentance is the act of doing something about it. You have to repent. It is the act of reflecting a changed direction in one's life. Because when you become a Christian, you become possessed. You become possessed with the Holy Spirit. It is God who comes to reside in you. Uh, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless. No, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, as Paul uh, said. Remember, feeling sorry for sins alone is never repentance. Um, it is more than a list of wrongs. It's more than a list of wrongs. Repentance is more than having regret. And repentance is more than just feeling sorry for your sins. Genuine repentance is the act of doing something. It is not what you say, it is what you do. If you want to take, well, you can take a look or you can look up here on the screen. In Matthew 7, 15 through 23, to me, is probably the scariest passage of Scripture in the entire Bible. And I think many of you will agree. 
Jesus was talking and he said these words. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bear cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. And here's the verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does what? The will. The, how is the will gained in your life? It's through repentance. It is, through, it is the way you're living your life and who you're living it for. Whose set of rules are you going by? Yours? Your friends? The popular norm of our culture? Are you going to go by what he says right here? What are you going by? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? Have any of y'all ever cast out a demon? I would think that's a sign of a pretty big thing. That's a wow factor. And they're going to be there as Jesus sentenced them to hell. And in your name, did we not perform many miracles? Have you ever created a miracle in someone's life? There's going to be many people who are able to do that, but they don't know Jesus. Then I will tell them plainly, Jesus said, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The reason why repentance is such a big thing with God. We know about God. We learn about God. We are taught about God. We can read about Him. His love letter, this is His love letter. That's all this Bible is. It's a love letter from God that He wrote for you and that He wrote for me. It's all this is. It's a love letter. As our Father, He really really cares about us and he wants us first of all to just know that but to be a member of his family is to be a person who is willing to do what the lord wants from us when we say we commit our lives to following jesus that's what makes you a christian and you don't just follow jesus on sundays we kind of pick up the other days in between Sunday to Sunday. And we live for Him. He's got a will. What is that will? That you know Him and that you live for Him. What is His will? That you remember Him. What is His will? That you do not tarnish yourself getting involved in things you should not get involved in. Because Satan's 
desire is to get you busy doing every single thing that you feel like doing because everyone else is. It doesn't matter about the consolator. That's what Satan does. But God says, repent. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your sins. We never hear about that word repentance much anymore, do we? We, we learn about the love of Jesus and what it means to be a Christian, but we leave out that word repentance. I think it's really important that maybe we reintroduce, not only in ourselves, but in the way we present Jesus to people, a need to repent because it's a pretty big deal with God. See, in this passage, it doesn't matter what a person says. It's what a person does that shows the real them. And my favorite theologian, John Phillips, he said this, and we'll end this message today. Next week, we're going to look at some parables that Jesus used to define repentance. But I want you to take a look at what John Phillips had to say on this issue. He said this, quote, Alongside those who produce notably bad fruit are those who produce no fruit, nothing but leaves. They can be identified not by the religious language that they use, but it's by what they do, or in this case, it's what they don't do. It is whether or not a person does what the Lord says that proves whether or not he is a partaker in the kingdom to come. Repentance is never an option. It is essential. It is essential. If you are here today, and if you are in, at a place in your life when you just know you need to reprioritize some things, then you need to do that today. That's called repentance. Every single person in this room has repented many a times over certain things. If you haven't, you're not doing too good spiritually speaking. We all have. Why? Because what did we read earlier? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not like you're the only one that messed up. The person next to you has messed up big time. You got a lot of company. That is why there is a lot of grace at the cross of where Jesus is at. And I'm here to tell you this morning that this thing of repentance can change your life. The moment, the moment you really start to buy into the promises of who God is and what God wants to do for you in your life, and you're willing to stop doing those things that ruins you and hurts you and cuts off that relationship, and you're willing to turn and follow Him, and that's this thing we call repentance, you're going to see things happen in your life. Because that is when you're going to have God's undivided attention. God is looking for those who will follow Him. And when you follow Him, you will live a life of repentance. None of us have arrived there yet. We are a work in progress, every single one of us. But we need to repent. Let's pray. Father, we just want to come before you this morning. And Lord, we want to thank you that we have the opportunity 
to be here today and to do those things that can help us to turn a page in our chapter to a new page, and we can start all over again. God, we, we are reminded when we read about John the Baptist and so many others, all of the disciples, the apostles, God, they preach a message of repentance because, Lord, you have told us to stop what we're doing and to look at you. And, God, we can know how we are to live our lives when we just open up this Bible and we read it. God, it's my prayer this morning that you would help us to reflect on the way we are living our lives right now. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room, and I know there are some, God, where they need to reprioritize the way they're living and the way they're doing it and what they're doing. God, I really pray and ask you'll just really send down power conviction on them and let them know you are convicting them because you love them. God, uh, you have come to seek and to save that which was lost, as, as your word says. And God, we just want to be obedient and doing the things that you want us to do. So remind us, Lord, of that. And help us, God, this week to remember uh, who you are and who we are. And the things that you have in store for us, if we will just keep you uh, first in our lives. God, I just want to ask that you'll be with everyone here today. Speak to all of us in this area. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.